Welcome to the Top Nonprofits Podcast, the place where modern nonprofiteers gather to learn from best nonprofit leaders and organizations. Today, we're talking to James Robin. He is the CEO and co-founder of Cause Engine, a firm that specializes in finding on-demand talent for a modern nonprofit. I asked James to provide some helpful tips for those of us who got a late start for the end-of-year fundraising this year. Take a listen. So it's... Um... You know, as is typical with most organizations, most nonprofits, uh, was my experience. Uh, everyone kind of waits till the last minute because they got a lot of things going on in the last last two quarters of the year. That's when a majority of the money comes in. So it's always like October, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh no, we have Giving Tuesday coming up, like in a couple of weeks." And then they realize it's end of year giving, and there's this mad dash to um, get stuff done. Obviously, the ideal state is you start planning many, many months in advance, but many times it's not, it just doesn't happen. And uh, so what we kind of put together was, um, one, a cheat sheet of uh, just lessons learned from uh, many years working in nonprofits of, you know, how to put together a very clean um, and simple campaign action plan. And really it's focused on understanding who you're, um, what you're selling, the impact, you know, that your product, who you're selling it to at the end of the year and then coming up with achievable tactics that uh, people can, you know, it's going to be a, a clear mix of, you know, traditional fundraising and uh, utilizing social media. But really the key is uh, in, in all this is again, understand what you're selling clearly, understand what resonates with the stakeholders and then um, putting together uh, the right tactics using the right channels and frankly a budget because you got to spend some money to do this well. Um, so it's going to reach people. The type of organization you are is really going to determine that. So some newer, say education nonprofits are probably going to have a younger constituency. You know, so social media and email marketing is going to be your best bet. Whereas you have some, you know, older, um, organizations or more mature organizations that are working with an older, older client base or the, Stakeholders are older. You know, it might be a direct mail appeal. That's the best way. Uh, but finding those finite amount of tactics, you can't do everything, is really the key. And understanding who your donors are that are actually going to give. So um, I think those um, – and then following this campaign action plan, which we're going to post up here on Top Nonprofits for everyone to use, uh, really marrying those things together and, and, and drilling down on what, really what's achievable – in a short amount of time and just going at it. James mentions the biggest mistake he typically sees. But you can't do everything. And that's, I think that's the mistake that happens so much is you want to do all things fundraising and it never quite happens the way you want it to. But if you figured out those channels that you know you're going to be able to reach your donors, and you just go after them aggressively with the right messaging, you're going to see a lot more success. So if we can't do everything, what quick fixes does James suggest that we take care of as soon as we can with our website? 
So I'm going to state the obvious, but uh, make sure you have a donate pay button on your homepage that is clearly visible to anyone that shows up on your homepage. Now, some people have it, some people don't, but also look at your donate button. If it's like kind of obscure in the corner of your page or like placed below the fold, meaning below where it would show up on your screen or on a normal person's computer, it's not going to be placed well for a donor to uh, activate it. And ultimately, you're driving people to your website to have them donate, especially this time of year. That's the action you want them to take, so you want it to be as easy as possible. That's one. Um, two, uh, you can actually, in a pretty short amount of time, get a, um, you know, a WordPress site that's responsive if your site's not responsive up. Or worst-case scenario, you can, you know, get a, uh, a developer uh, or someone that knows WordPress sites really well or whatever your site's built on and give them a really good experience with just the donation form without changing the whole uh, format of your website because a lot of organizations haven't modernized their website. But what you can do is when they click on that donation button, uh, you do something as simple as, you know, embed PayPal or Braintree or Stripe or whoever your payment processing and merchant accounts are in a modal that pops up. So just, you know, when you're the screen that pops up and it's a secure form, it gives a good experience to the user. They're generally mobile friendly um, without having to make your whole site mobile. Um, and it's easily done in just an hour or two, really. Uh, so it wouldn't cost you more than a couple hundred bucks to make that change. And it'd be a huge difference if you're driving people to your site. You know, change the home, make sure the donation button's there and give them a good experience with um, when they, when they get to the donation form. You, you're trying to convert them. Um, if they've gotten there, you've already sold them on something. So make sure they know how to give to you uh, without um, drowning them with too much words, too much coffee, or other things like that. Tell them exactly what you want them to do. What's the call to action? And give them a good experience when they're giving you the credit card because if they don't have a good experience or they don't trust that you're going to be able to keep their uh, information secure, they're less likely to give. Uh, so, uh, and make sure you put a good signal on there that your form is secure, whether it's secured by authorized.net or Stripe or whoever your merchant account is. They all have seals that you can put on there that show that your form is secure. So that would be my tips is the simplest ways to kind of give a good experience to your donor. And this is in particular your donors who you're going to be focused on at the end of the year here. And as we look closely at user experience, how does that tie in with what we're seeing in terms of the growth of mobile use? Yeah, so we actually just did some uh, um, research and put out actually an infographic on our social media that talked about the percentage of uh, giving on mobile. And everyone knows it's happening, but uh, uh, it's a full 30% of, mo- of giving was uh, through mobile, through smartphones, through iPads um, in 2015. And that, that trend's increasing more and more. And that's just with giving. And obviously, about 50 to 60% of traffic now is coming through smartphones as well because they're looking at your email marketing through their smartphone and clicking on stuff there. So the, the importance of getting your site responsive, meaning that it adjusts automatically to any screen size, um, you know, is really, really important just for the user experience of the donor. But also, um, Google's actually ranking websites now based off whether they're responsive or not. You know, so part of their algorithm now and, and how your 
when people search for your type of nonprofit and when you show up is based on whether your site's mobile friendly or not. So the longer you wait um, in making your response and you're making your site mobile friendly, uh, responsive, uh, you know, the less kind of, you know, uh, credit that Google's going to give you for having that responsive site to so keep following in search results. So it's, I mean, it's really paramount one, all the users are on it and donations are increasing every year on mobile. Uh, people feel better about it. The inclusion of Apple Pay and lots of secure ways to get into it. Um, people just feel better about getting on mobile a lot of times. So, um, for nonprofits in particular, that, that is, uh, it's really a critical piece of their technology infrastructure that needs to be modernized ASAP. I mean, it's, it's one of the most important things they could be doing. So looking forward to 2017, what thoughts does James have about insourcing versus outsourcing in terms of building capacity for our organizations? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're a shameless plug for cause engine because that's what we're, what we're doing is uh, really helping organizations build, build smart capacity by uh, connecting them with incredible high-quality talent without having to really um, take on the overhead of staff so that the staff can really focus on the program delivery and, uh, and fundraising and, and being out there with stakeholders. Um, so to me, there's, there's, there's a whole movement um, to, our, to us and what we've seen. There's a whole movement towards uh, the workforce being, uh, having flexibility, um, kind of living what they call a portfolio lifestyle, um, so there's all these opportunities to uh, smartly tap into all that talent um, for really you know a fraction of the cost of full-time employees but still getting probably way more output because they're focused on uh, the right um, the right parts of your business whether it's outsourcing your marketing department or you know we like to build fully integrated teams so it'd be like a, a chief marketing officer a fundraiser a web developer um, and maybe even an operations person uh, or a financial person as an integrated team. Uh, and then, you know, that would be really the, you know, less than the cost of two full-time employees that you get the output and the brain trust of four people. And for nonprofits, you know, nonprofits are competing with every other business out there for people's time, energy, and money. And unless organizations start really thinking smartly about how to, um, you know, build that capacity for the most, in the most efficient way possible. They're going to always be lagging behind, um, really the competition out there, uh, which is every other business that is on social media that's trying to get people to empty their wallets for them. Um, because without resources, nonprofits can't do their mission. Uh, so being sophisticated and, and, and forward thinking about how to bring the best talent into your organizations, uh, without having to hire them full time is, is, uh, the organizations that figure that out in 2017, 2018 are going to be the ones that get ahead. Uh, and it's, this is not a nonprofit versus for-profit thing, but there is a movement in the for-profit sector of the same thing. Uh, the workforce is looking for flexibility. The for-profit sector is doing it. Uh, and they're outsourcing a ton of their business. Um, you know, the nonprofit sector is, you know, there's not, you know, there's now's the time to kind of get on the bandwagon as well. Um, while, while it's kind of, you know, while the workforce is kind of moving there because now you can really refine how you manage outsourcing versus insourcing. Um, 
and, and build it into your, in your budgets when you go after grants or, uh, build into your outcomes when you're talking to funders. Um, it becomes a much more efficient way to use your resources and get better outcomes. We hope this edition brought you some great tips for ending 2016 on a high note and prepping for 2017. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to download the campaign action plan that James mentioned. That's it for today. See you soon. In the meantime, check out all of the other great resources we offer at topnonprofits.com. 